join me, Ev Bloxham, on a journey to the music of Sergei Lyapunov, presented prosaically and obsessively, Opus 1 to Opus 71. Opus 4, Piano Concerto Number 1. In the history of the Piano Concerto, this concerto is extremely important. Um, it's partly been forgotten. Because it's important, I'm going to divide this video into two parts. Part one is is in the standard format where I have listened to the piece a couple of times. I give my observations based on a hearing of the day that I make the video, more or less. My understanding of what I hear. Music should always come first before stuff in books. Before you listen to me, listen to the music first. That's what I'm trying to do. So this is a journey through the music of uh, Sergei Lyapunov through the eyes of me, Ed Blocks. Because this piece is important, I found a academic article online. I'll present the academic article as a su supplementary video. Um, so let so we can see whether the, whether the academic gets it right in terms of if she says things that uh, sound like what I have to say, she's correct. A little bit of history because it's important. Why was Lyapunov partly forgotten? Uh, when the communists took over in 1917, they kicked out all the artists. What tend, what communists like to do? All the artists go to Paris. Stravinsky, Rachmaninoff, Prokofiev. Quite a few of those go over, end up in America. Rachmaninoff, Stravinsky, Prokofiev goes back. Lyapunov goes to Paris. Lyapunov is extremely important. Lyapunov is played very often. Uh, but because he stopped being played in, in Russia, and because he was quite old when he went to Paris, he just sort of stopped, people just stopped playing him. Rachmaninoff takes on the mantle of the, the great Russian composer. And really, Lyapunov's piano concerto, which is written first, is Rachmaninoff's model. So we can talk about Rachmaninoff as a conservative composer, most certainly. He's essentially copying um, Lyapunov's model. So Lyapunov is the guy who makes it up. Rachmaninoff apes his style. Not to say Rachmaninoff is completely without interest, but I just with this piece alone, I'm justified in my... Uh, not that Lyapunov is a proto-Rachmaninoff, but that Rachmaninoff is a, is a, um, a riff on Lyapunov. So Lyapunov is original, Rachmaninoff is not. However, because Rachmaninoff is Rachmaninoff, I've listened to the th second and third piano concerto so much, I've internalised it so much, that when I heard this piece, I thought to myself, well, this sounds like Rachmaninoff, and I could tell this sounds like, and this and this and this sounds like Rachmaninoff. Really, it's the other way around. Rachmaninoff is copying the Yapinov, like I said. You might have the same experience. You might listen to this and think it sounds like Rachmaninoff, where it is, in fact, the other way around. Quite enough of that nonsense. Again here... Lyapunov is, uh, takes a slightly more complex view of form. This piano concerto is in one movement. It is sonata form, but it's a complex sonata form. Um, so when the, the conservative composers who purely copy, so Rachmaninoff didn't purely copy, conservative um, composers who purely copy, they tend to be most of the forgotten ones. Some people, sometimes composers like Lyapunov get forgotten for some other reason. Many of the composers who get forgotten are forgotten uh, because they're just, they think that form 
you have to a piece of music has to be this this and this presented in this way so they write a piece of music that follows all the rules strictly and nobody and everybody loses interest in it afterwards the guys who made up the forms they were breaking the rules when them so js Bach, he made up elements of counterpoint everyone copied them slavishly Bach broke his own rules as he was writing the rules. He didn't sit down and write the rules. He, he was just making some music that people got to copy. CPE Bach, um, arguably, codified what a sonata form is. CPE Bach messed, messed around. He, he messed around with his own rules because he was more original than that, um, more creative than that. So, uh, so CPE Bach would put in surprises. Surprises are quite important. So things that, that break the rules, the surprise, to make his music more interesting. Here we've got certain twists to the sonata form to keep Lyapunov's Opus 4 Piano Concerto uh, interesting. Nevertheless, uh, we have a big, clear, clomping first theme. Orchestra opens its tutti. Two words. Tutti means when the orchestra plays, the solo is when the soloist is on his own. In the older concertante, concerto-like work, it tended to be soloist, orchestra, soloist, orchestra, soloist, orchestra. Certainly the case of Chopin's piano concerto. That's kind of an old thing. They do mix together in 19th century concertante works. Nevertheless, we get a nice clear tutti opening, cello-led. And we get what might be the second theme. But then you'd have to... There are three distinct themes, but the three themes uh, of the Piano Concerto are linked. Really, it's a monothematic work. However, there's a very clear slow theme. And this opening theme is very clear. So the second theme is kind of a... Although the three are related, the second theme is kind of... A counter theme to the first theme. So in fact, we get a first theme and a second theme. There's a sort of second second version of the first theme, but we'll call that the counter theme. So piece opens, big tutti, main main theme. Horns introduce a uh, counter theme, slightly slower version of this. But we get a hint already in the accompaniment and the notes. We get a hint at this theme, the bit the the main slow one. Um. We then get a, re a repeat of the main theme, a bit of repeat of the material, and then a bit of, and a nice bit of counterpoint. I said that Balakira, this is one of the pieces where Balakira took the piece, he added in his pencil markings, I said you need to do this. So I like, this is probably a fiction in my, created in my head, but every time I hear a strict counterpoint in the works of Lyapunov, the works of the mighty handful, um, I'm thinking this is Balakira doing his conservative oh yes we must have counterpoint in your piece right so we've got a nice bit of a nice bit of counterpoint uh big flourish and then we get our piano entry so this is often how romantic piano concertos work you have big big tutti and then you get the main themes repeated again with just the soloist so da -da 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 -da. this happens here we get um, a, a piano uh, playing the main theme and our counter theme here then we get uh, this counter theme, there's a clearer statement of this counter theme, which the orchestra eventually helps in, passes it back and forth 
between the piano and the uh, orchestra. Opening scurry. And then, then, rather than bang, 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 next theme, bang, theme, next theme, the orchestra fades out into a statement of theme one. Then the piano presents a slightly calmer version of theme one. Uh, and we're still in the exposition, so the, the, the opening of the piece, the, the development, all the big changes happen in the development section. This, this kind of play and changes happen... Um, in interesting sonata form pieces, you, you're, you can add a certain amount of variation just in the opening section. So we're still on the opening section and all this stuff's already happened. We then get a tutti, much clearer statement of uh, main second theme. Um, which the piano is, is lightly doo -doo 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 -doo, accompanying. So you can hear this second theme very clear, which is why I think the themes are theme, counter-theme, and second theme. Because you, you only get the, the very clearest statements of this theme and this theme. So, the lines are blurred between the end of the exposition and the development. The development is where you make all the big changes to the themes. The lines are blurred. Um, it starts off with a fairly clear rendition of uh, theme one. Although the orchestra is beginning to add little bits, no big changes to the theme one, developments usually start with a clearer statement of theme one. So this is sort of, this is to an extent how it's supposed to work. But um, we're already, because it's a restatement, we're changing it slightly, we're adding to the theme, broadening it out by, with the accompaniment. Then we get a big grand orchestral statement of the second theme, which the piano boom, boom, boom supports. And then a quieter version of this theme. We're changing things more, quite a lot more than we were in the um, opening section. Uh, slightly more counterpoint. I like to think that Dalek is leaning over his shoulder. Um, and then we get a hint back at the counter theme here. Um, the piano leads the, the theme. So we're doing, we're doing this and then the piano starts to go, no, we're doing this now. And then we get a massive, huge main theme. Um, really louder, clearer. So this is the drawing a clearer line. In the old piano concerto, um, particularly the Mozart model, you might start that as the of the modern piano concerto, the, the Mozart. You uh, you get your exposition development, and then you get a cadenza. The cadenza is the bit is the big solo where the piano where the soloist gets to show off. Uh, Often, um, the performer, it was an invitation for the performer to improvise. They'd improvise, they'd take the theme and improvise around it. And then you get a big trill at the end, and then the orchestra knows when to come back. Um, in, in romantic music, um, because the cadenzas became more and more complex, um, they just wrote, the composers started to write them down. So they sound like big uh, improvisations. Uh, and the the performer is 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 uh, allowed to do a certain amount of making stuff up, but it's all it's all written down now. It used to be the case that you could play multiple, you could switch out cadenzas, you could even have a cadenza for a different piece. In if when you were playing Mozart piano concerto, now it's largely notated, but you still get the, the it's still there. So, before, so just before the cadenza, we get then this is an extremely of like moment where the uh, an almost and almost another theme emerges from the, from the accompaniment. 
develops another counter theme. It's not really a theme. It's just a sort of a little melodic moment. Uh, usually, the like I said, the end of the cadenza is a is a trill, which leads you back to the main staff. I mean, Tchaikovsky's still doing this. Tchaikovsky's a conservator, so that's contemporary. Um, rather, uh, Lyapunov uh, breaks it down because the whilst he's doing his cadenza of the second theme, the orchestra then joins, starts to join in with the cadenza. So it's almost like an accompanied cadenza. So whilst he's doing this, he's already um, brought the orchestra back. So blurring the lines between where cadenza and tutti come back. Then we get a big theme three statement. Now we're definitely back into the recapitulation. We're back to the opening material. The um, lines of the cadenza and the recapitulation is blurred for the first theme. Now we get to the main now we get to the main second theme. Uh, we definitely recap territory now. It's a very clear, if you like, a straight version of the theme. So rather than twist and play and men like in a development section, we get the second theme in full, basically straight, although altered. Like I said before, romantic music tends to when it comes back to material, it's it's altered and changed. This is still very clear. This is the this is the second theme. Bit more counterpoint. Then we get a big trill. Then sort of a almost a mini cadenza, da, 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 and we go into the coda. Bloody camera is annoying. It honks out after about eighteen minutes, but they won't notice that it's the next day. Right, the coda. Um, the way a coda usually works, you throw everything, all the themes into the into the mix. Make a nice build up and go bang at the end, so that everyone everyone goes woo at the end of the piece. Um, this piece, this coda does that to the to an extent. The romantic concept, you know, the why why do all romantic symphonies and concertos and pieces of music have to end with a big ah bah, ah at the end? In the romantic concept, it's an apotheosis. If the music is a spiritual you have to end with the discovery of something great for you. So that's why this sort of philosophical reason why uh, romantic music does that, passes on into the 20th century. Uh, music before that, they had a nice big chord at the end. They would have codas, but they'd be less extreme. I um, mean, Baroque music is barely an ending at all. So this particular coda is, I think, extraordinary. Because there's so much that goes on, it's not just long. There's, it's a period of significant development of the themes in itself. However, on the surface, it still appears to be you get the um, a fast build up. You get theme one, the cellos take theme one, pass around pieces of it, uh, throw in um, counter theme, throw in second theme, pieces of it get passed around. The piano is now going going wild, extending the second theme um, strongly, um, accompanying the theme, and then blah, 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 bang, blah, 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 blah. theme one is back. Bit of a little bit of counterpointy. The th the piano is still heavily supporting what's going on, and then the most extraordinary part of the whole piece is what happens to the theme at the end. Um, Theme one has been completely 
theme one has been completely remade into a different theme. It's almost like a story where a character, he goes along on the journey, he learns something at the end of the story. Um, the theme has been, it's not just a variation of the theme, it's been a theme that's been reimagined. The very end of the piece is the theme restated in different form. He has a new learned character, as in the piece of music has informed the theme and changed it. You also get some weird pause at the end bum, 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 to really hammer home the big ending. Um, so, at the end of all that, at the end of all those words, at the end of all that music, what what is it about this piece that makes it special? Again, we've got a complex interweb of themes. I've got my fingers held up like this. I had my theme, counter theme, um, second theme, but that was only sort of almost a convenient way of elucidating sonata form. Um, in reality, you could easily argue there were three themes in the piece. The second theme is quite distinct, in which case if the, the second theme becomes a surprise, you know, creepy bath section. And the, although the, this theme is the most prominent as well. So we've got, we have a complex interwebbing of themes. Usually the first theme is the most important. Probably the second theme here is the most important. Again, we're discussing what is a theme or what is not a theme because the story being told is, is complex. In the grand history of the piano concerto, um, having pieces of music that are one movement long is not completely unheard of. However, if uh, Lyapunov is a proto-Ratmanov, really, like I said, it's the other way around. Uh, Ratmanov, being a conservative, felt he needed to have a second and third movement, a slow movement, and another fast movement. Fast, slow, fast. You have to do that. Uh, and indeed, only, I think, in the third piano concerto was the one where the three movements really linked together terribly well. First and second, fourth isn't really t worth talking about. First and second, they separate. The, the different movements are like different pieces of music. That's a Beethovenian concept of done that, move on. Which, you know, what's the point in the whole piece of music then? In this Lyapunov piano concerto, there's such a complex, story being told, a complex journey being gone through, it doesn't need the other movement. It's coherent in one movement, it's sonata form without being tiresomely a sonata form. It's probably, it's likely significant in the history of the piano concerto, but that scarcely be important when there's so much musically going on here. Right, because it's probably important, I'm going to to check the academic to see if she's correct uh, in the second video. Uh, I've been Evan Bloxham. I will continue to be Evan Bloxham into that video and other videos in the future and until I die. Any comments? Is this too much? Is it too simple, too complicated, too many words? Any comments? Um, also like and subscribe or don't.